There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back to The Woke Man series, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest case study on man where we're looking at what it takes man to go from unconscious to conscious. And I'm here with my conscious brother, Lino. How are you, bro? I'm great, thanks, brother. Thanks for having us on. You're welcome, man. Thank you for joining me. The first question is, where did you grow up and where do you live now? I grew up in Brisbane, um, southeast Brisbane. And uh, I live on the Gold Coast now. Ah, yep, sweet. Queenslander, eh? Yes. Rugby? Union League? Yes. Yeah, league. 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 Sweet, bro. Uh, How old are you now? I'll be 37 this year. Oh, 37 years young, bro. You've had an easy life. You don't look a day over 30. (laughs) (laughs) Must be that coffee coffee scrub my wife's (laughs) (laughs) Love it, man. (laughs) Love it. And what are you doing for a living, bro? Um, I've been a personal trainer for geez, since 2005, mm, and I've been in the right. coaching space for like the last five years. Yeah. Currently, yeah. I'm full-time men's coach. Wicked, man. And you're running Men's Medicine, yeah? You founded that? Yes, Men's Medicine is a, uh, is a men's movement I founded uh, last year. Yeah, sweet, bro. What are you doing there? Um, it started off with men's walks. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I went out and walked, went out with a, another friend, and then he said, bro, we've got to take more men out. And then from there, we took like a group of, there was about 14 of us, and that video, there was a video, one of the boys brought his camera, made a video out of it, that video went viral, and then people just wanted us to come walk with them in their cities. And uh, it's, really yeah, been, good, a, it's really been an a, uh, organic journey, mm. and uh, now this is all I'm doing. So we Man. do workshops, we do online coaching programs, um, events. Um, yeah, we do a whole whole list of things now. You loving? Are you loving it? I do. I do. Wicked, bro. Wicked, bro. And, and now we also we also uh, walk with women as well now too. So yeah, I did see um, that on your yeah. Instagram, man. How how wicked, eh? Oh, they were asking for a long time, and twenty twenty uh, came around, and I guess I just I couldn't knock them back any longer. So eventually, wow. I just said yes. Wicked man, and you're taking them out bush like hiking. Yes. Yeah, yeah. sweet man. That nature, eh? Yeah, love it, bro. Um, what's one thing you're really good at, Lena? Family. Yeah. Family, people. I'm uh, third oldest of twelve kids. I've got six brothers and five sisters, and um, I guess I feel like being. I'm just used to people. Mm. I've always been surrounded by people. Um, even in my family, if there's there's a quiet house is like five people. Mm. I'm not used to um, silence too mm. often. So uh, my daughter's like the, the oldest out of 26 grandchildren. Mm. Uh, surrounded by people is something I've, I've grown up very used to. So you're good at like gauging people, connecting with people, joining them on their level? Yeah, I think that's probably the thing that I now, looking back, have been able to sort of understand is that I grew up understanding uh, as much as we're alike, mm-hmm. me and my siblings, that uh, we're still so different. And I was able to observe 
Mm. Um, so many different types of people mm-hmm. in different environments. And totally, bro. Perfect for what yeah. you're doing, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good. What, what's, what's one of your biggest fears right now? Um, oh, I'm about to become a new father again. I've got mm-hmm. a 14-year-old daughter and my wife is, our son is due on September 16th. Um, my, I think my fear is having a um, third child. So she would, the plan was having a, a second child, but I just don't, um, there was a reason why I had one child. Because mm. I come from a family of 12. It's, it's like an anti. Much. Yeah, so it's sort of like, I know that you don't get much when there's a lot of you. Mm-hmm. So I just said to my daughter's mother, let's just get one thing right. This one child, and then we'll think about having a second child. Mm-hmm. We never had a second child. It's taken me 14 years to have a second child. But um, yeah, the idea of having a third child, that kind of, um, it scares me a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so don't you don't, know you don't want them to experience, them. yeah, you don't, did you sort of feel like you didn't experience a lot of like nurture as a child that you don't want that same situation to happen? I, I really enjoy all the experiences of life yeah. and I just know the more kids you have, yeah, okay. um, the harder that get, that becomes, yeah. the harder that becomes. And uh, my daughter's traveled with me to Tonga, to the United States, to Hawaii, mm. Asia. And I guess when you've only got one child, you can do a fair bit. Yeah. Two children, you can still do that. My daughter's four years from finishing high school. Mm. But if I have another child, I'm like, man, I'm going to be like 60 when they finish high school. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if that's what I want. So but yeah. my wife's eight years younger than me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Making sure you're filling each other's cups in the, in the same yeah. perspective, eh? Yeah. I, I guess that extra child changes everything. I feel you, bro. I haven't got one yet. I haven't got one yet, man. And I've got nephews. And I tell you what, I've got so much respect for parents, bro. <laughs> so much respect, man. It's next level. Especially in today's world. There's yeah. a lot changing. So what am I bringing this, these kids into this world to? Mm. You know? like, things are changing by the day. That's like, a big that's a, that's, that's a common perspective. That, like, I, like, I know a few people that have said, oh, I don't know if I want to bring kids into this world right now. Well, they're, they're coming. They're going to inherit everything we've left behind. That sort of occurred to me about a week or two ago. Mm. And I thought, man, when it hit me, I thought my daughter and her generation are going to have to pay this debt back. Mm. And I just thought in that moment, you know what, man, this is screwed up. Yeah. This is, this is, we, we have to start speaking up, standing up. Um, Making change. We can't, do, we can't do this to them. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's a whole nother, whole nother ball game too. When you like think about the love that you have for your child and what you would do for them, it just gives yeah. you more fuel for what your path is. Hey, hundred percent. Yeah, I love that, man. What's one of your favorite quotes? Um, no, nothing great ever came easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's spoken like a true personal trainer, eh? <laughs> yeah, nothing like it. Just all the, and I guess because I come from such a big family as well. Mm. You know, we come from very humble beginnings. I've been to the villages that my mum and my dad have been from, and to think that, you know, they came over to Australia to, I guess, find a better life. And that's our job is to make sure that we didn't waste their time for coming over here. Mm. My mom's the oldest of 13 children. My dad's Whoa. like the third oldest of 11. Right. So, you know, that um, making your time worthwhile. Mm. Life's, life's beautiful, man. You know, but if you if you really want to live a great life, you're going to have to work for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those challenges, bro, they're necessary. Eh? And they're worth it. Mm-hmm. They're worth it. Mm. Cool, I think that's man. something everyone needs to remember it's definitely worth the effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can attest to that. What's a conscious man to you? One who is awake. And when I say awake, um, not ignorant. Mm. Um, what I've come to realize is that there's a lot going on in this world that I just had no idea about, you know, with especially like today's okay. current events. But even before I step into this space, it's I guess it's one of those things you don't know until you know. Yeah, and um, things that I've stumbled across. I always struggled with meditation. Then I now I meditate regularly, do breath work, mm. breath work, you know, regularly. Um, I'm a lot more in tune with myself. So I guess if I compared myself now 
to my uh, 18-year-old self or 20-year-old self, um, even my 30-year-old self. Mm. Just that version of me or those versions of me had no idea. They would look at me confused. Mm-hmm. Who I am now, this guy, bro. What are, you, what are you doing? Yeah, man. You changed. Yeah. I guess I, to some extent, I, I, I guess you could almost describe it as I, I woke up. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. Just full awareness of yourself, eh? Hey? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. What's one thing that challenges you right now? We talked about your fear, but what's one thing that challenges you right now? Um, ensuring that I fulfill my potential. Okay. Yeah. Um, you feel there's and, a call, there's a call from within there that's like, yeah, yeah. Like, I guess I feel like there's something when you feel like things that are possible, yeah, and things that you know that you were supposed to do, mm-hmm. and then you don't do them, and then those things don't happen. Mm-hmm. That's making sure that that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard work, yeah. um, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, I think it's worth it. Um, but that's the challenge. Yeah. Ensure that I do make those dreams, those thoughts, those visions, um, that mission mm. come to life. That, cool, that's bro. my kind of challenge. Awesome, man. Awesome. What's unconditional love mean to you? Um, no limits. Yeah. It just, you're committed. Uh, it's commitment. Unconditional love, I think, is commitment. Mm. Um, I guess, for example, my daughter, there's no lengths to this world that I wouldn't go for it. Yeah. My wife, I, I asked her to marry me and I, I wanted to share my life with her. And regardless of what happens, I will always make sure that I stretch myself to my full extent and then some and again and again and again because I unconditionally love her. There is mm. no if, buts or maybes. There is no getting married again there is no divorce and trying mm. to work things out it's it's like i'm in this mm-hmm. Dumb, good, bad, the ugly yeah the ups and the downs. that's it uh, you got to take the ugly that's it and i think that's what you mean by that is like yeah it's like yeah it's always going to be good but it's there's always going to be challenges with that shit so you've got to take and, I'm, both. and i'm committed to that yes yeah yeah cool yeah. man i love that i haven't no one's ever said that yet commitment um, it's been around about acceptance, but you're the first one that says the word commitment. So that's cool. I like that. Now, last question for this is, do you believe in a greater power? And what is that to you? Um, I, I definitely grew up going to church. I still love going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe in God. And I guess I do believe in the universe as well. Mm-hmm. I do believe, uh, yeah, there's definitely something greater than us. Surely we aren't the smartest, uh, highest beings in this universe yeah. i'm like it, it that just we would be fools to believe so and based on that i believe there's something greater than us mm, yeah i feel that cool man well let's get into the main questions now and the first question of this one is what did your life look like as unwoke unwoke i use that as the term obviously opposite to the woke but and what's it look like now and i want you to also know for people listening it's not a destination okay like there's no once you're on the pedestal of wokeness, you've made it. Like we're still going through this shit. We're still clawing through the woods. But um, there, it's a journey and that's what we're all on. We're all on just different stages of that, of that journey, of that woke journey. So, yeah, Lynn, I guess what, what, how, how does that compare for you, brother? I guess I was a personal trainer for majority of my, I guess, working life. And then something changed. Something changed and I guess I've been training for clients you know, in the gym, delivering meal plans, training plans for well over a decade. And then I'm like, man, we're doing the same thing every year. Mm. Losing weight, putting on muscle, going through challenges. What happens when they don't follow the meal plan or the training plan? I'm like, it's the meal plans for them, the training plans for them. I'm like, there has to be more to it. So I guess I started to lean more into the mindset of things. And uh, I went and learned NLP and, and it sort of, that started to wake me up mm. and I went more workshops and more courses. Cool. And I guess eventually I realized, man, I'm, uh, I'm, I won't be personal training forever. Like this yeah. is not, and I remember when I started, I wanted, started, I wanted to change the world, you know, and I wanted to change people's lives and yeah. I definitely did, but 
exercise and nutrition alone just isn't enough. Yeah. And I it's guess when fun. I realized that, I, I must have woke up at yeah. some point. I'm like, there has to be more to help the people. Totally, bro. What was Lino like? Like, what was his behaviors like? What was his character like when he was in that period, that unwoke period? Um, oh, geez. When I first moved to the Gold Coast, my teenage years, my 20s, very wild. Super wild. <laughs> and then, and I guess when I changed, when I, become, when I turned 30, I, um, I guess I associated that behavior with someone in their 20s. Yeah. I knew I had to change. My daughter wasn't getting any younger. And I wanted to be smarter with the way that I operated with my business. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was really wild before yeah. things changed. Were, were you that still that nice, like uh, that nice character, that friendly character? Was that still in there? But it was just like a yeah. party animal side of you. Um, or fighting was it? Yeah, what was no, the wild part? No, I, I guess I guess I had always been a, a loving, caring person. Mm. Um, I grew up in a very rough home. Mm-hmm. Um, very violent upbringing and eventually that rubbed off of me um, and then you fuel that with partying yeah. I guess eventually I found myself in the wrong crowds but man at the core of it I'm a family person mm. I always loved going home and um, those family values always brought me home mm-hmm. and eventually that's what stopped me from carrying on with my wild ways mm. yeah Interesting, bro. What was your biggest vice during that period? So, like, was it alcohol? Was it drugs? Was it sex? Like, what 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 was really like holding onto you there? Um, ooh. socializing. I couldn't be alone. I couldn't be alone. So there was definitely drugs. There was definitely alcohol. There was definitely a lot of sex during those times as well. Mm. I, I struggled to be faithful in my relationships as well. I didn't feel happy in the relationships that I was in. Mm. Um, but I, I literally could never stop hanging out. I just wanted to be with people all the time. Mm. And I guess that was filling somewhat a void. I couldn't really be by myself. Yeah. Um, and as much as I like to do things for myself, um, I still had this thing where I had to be around people all the time, yeah. whether I was in a relationship until I realized I really just needed to be by myself. I really needed to walk away from people and um, that that toxic environment was really taking it away from me. Um, I'd never done drugs by myself. Wow. Never sat at home taking drugs by myself. Never sat at home drinking by myself. The only one time I ever did that was when my grandfather passed. He died at 100 years old. Wow. And I drank three bottles of wine for a whole day and just sat in my room and cried. That was the mm. only time I ever drank by myself. I never drank by myself outside of that. I never took drugs by myself. Wow. Uh, and more socializing. Drugs, yeah, it was just, yeah. I just had to I'd be around people all the time. And I guess um, my older brothers, yeah, I got two older brothers, five younger sisters, four younger brothers. And um, I guess I felt, I guess I probably felt like I needed to be seen. Yeah. I needed to be seen and I needed to be, my brothers were always a lot bigger than me. And, and maybe I felt like I had a, a point to prove or something, you know, like I can do stuff, yeah. you know? Um, and that's what sort of kept me in the social scene yeah. until I realized that just um, that shit, it just wasn't filling my cup. Yeah. And that was about 30. That was about 30. Reckon you started thinking differently. I, I was used to find myself, um, after like a big night out that we'd be watching the sunrise and we'd be out on the balcony. Yeah. And I guess when you know when the sun's about to come up after a long night out, you start, start to feel a certain way like, geez, I really should have went home ages ago. Or, but then we watched the sunrise mm-hmm. and I'd seen so many sun rises that I just knew this was coming to an end. Wow. Like this can't keep on going on. Uh, I'm like, my mum, like my mum must be wondering where I am. Mm. I've not been home in months. Um, these sorts of things start to enter my mind. Um, I'm like, where uh, are we going? We talk about all these great ideas and they go nowhere. Yeah. They go nowhere. Yeah. And I guess my integrity was being really compromised yeah. because uh, there was no action. Yeah. It was just part. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I can so totally I just, resonate um, with that. I eventually just, I'm like, man, I've got to bail. So mm. my 30th birthday... I rewarded myself with a holiday to Hawaii. I'm like, you know what? I can't oh, okay. trust any of these other birthdays that I had. 
a birthday before. I paid for 80 people on a bow. That one went haywire. Ooh. The one before that went nuts. And I'm like, man, I can't trust what's going to happen. But I do like to travel. And I can guarantee that there won't be any trouble when I go traveling. So, <laughs> so, I, so at the time, yeah, my girlfriend I was with at the time bought a holiday to Hawaii. I'm like, yeah, I want to go to Hawaii. And um, yeah, I had a great time in Hawaii. Mm. I went back to Hawaii four times after that, I think. Wicked, man. It's beautiful. Beautiful area, eh? Yeah. Awesome, man. What what emotion challenged you most, bro? Like anger, anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, sadness? Which one got you? Um, probably ooh, good question. Um probably sadness. Wow. Probably sadness after the others. Yeah. The, but that one was the most predominant one. Oh the probably sadness. that's probably the one that that kept me stuck. Mm. So like when you sort of wallow in. Yeah, bro. You know, I guess maybe in your own own guilt and shame, mm. it just made me sad. Mm. Did you ever contribute really... that? Did you ever contribute that to something that happened in your past? Um, I guess I take everything. Like, I guess I, I take a lot of responsibility for all of my actions. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah, I've, I've been in you know many great relationships that the women absolutely you know they loved me, mm. but for the life of me, I couldn't. Um, hold on to any of those relationships great yeah. women but I guess I didn't love myself to acknowledge what was in front of me yeah. um, and I, I said this to my wife the other day I'd been in relationships but it wasn't until I learned to appreciate the person that was in front of me wow. did I learn to share my life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's fucking and powerful said, and lucky and, and I said and now we've been married for three, over three years now yeah yeah Interesting, man. Do you feel like that sadness was because you weren't living in your highest potential? Um, I guess so, yeah, to an extent. Do you I feel it now? Uh, that, that's how I felt back then. Do you come through sadness? Does sadness come through at all? I mean, obviously, it's a normal emotion, but do you obviously feel it a, less, a lot less now because of what you're doing in life? Um, I, don't, I don't experience sadness in the way that I did before at all. Yeah. At all, and I guess I'm uh, I'm coming up three years drug free now. Wicked. And uh, my wife has never touched a drug or a cigarette in her life. Wow. And um, when I met her, I guess I somewhat called her into my life. Mm-hmm. I was walking with a friend, and we were just talking about you know what I'm looking for in a partner. And I told him when I met her, I just that the second night we were together, we didn't sleep together the first night, but on the second night, I just thought, where's this going? Why am I here talking to you? Why are you at my house? You know what? I know what I want. So I'm just going to ask her a whole bunch of questions. Wow. So I asked her a whole bunch of questions. Then I'm just like, man, she ticked them all. What was the one? What was the one? She didn't work out. She didn't go to the gym. Oh, wow. And okay. I was like, I'm like, look, that, that can change. Yep. Like it just, you know, yep. like the things that mattered to me were she was kind. She was Wicked. polite. She didn't know anyone that I knew. So what I, what I worked out when I was talking to my, my bro was... I was actually looking for a stranger mm. and I'm like, I'm looking for someone. I said, I don't, I'm not looking for anyone that I know. I'm not mm. looking for anyone that's been with anyone that I knew either. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm actually looking for a complete stranger. And I'm like, on the Gold Coast, that's hard. Mm. And uh, someone that doesn't take drugs or smoke, that's hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, quite, I'm looking for someone who's not even from here. Oh, I'm, I said, I'm kind of looking like someone from the country. Mm. So when we were talking, and I said, where are you from? She said, oh, you wouldn't know. And I said, where? She's like, oh, country New South Wales. And I was like, what? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So Whereabouts? Uh, Inverell. Oh, wow, Inverell. I lived out country yeah. New South Wales for ages. Um, wow. She's, yeah, she's never. They're unique, man, uh, country girls. Especially a country yes. girl that doesn't smoke or, or do drugs. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Unique. Yeah, she's only ever been in one relationship before. Um, and yeah, it just, I was like, man, this is, you don't walk away from what you asked for. Mm. That was probably the last, you don't ask God for something and then say, I don't want it. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, so I said, look, let's see what's here. And, um, I just learned to appreciate that woman and, um, and she was a really good woman, obviously now we're married, even with the child on the way too. That's beautiful, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Whose love did you crave most growing up? And who did you have to be to get it? 
um, I guess my father's. Mm. And uh, I felt like I had to be my brother's. Yeah. Yeah. So you had to step up because they got more love than, than you did from your father. I guess, uh, I guess, I don't know whether this is in all ethnic uh, cultures. I'm assuming it is. The oldest is always, you know, yeah. more privileged than the rest. Yeah. And um, I guess my brothers, they were older than me, they were bigger than me. And, and I thought to get, I always got their hand-me-downs. So I figured if I wanted what they got, then I had to be like them. Mm-hmm. And I just could never. Mm. I just could never be like them. And when I realized that, I just stopped bothering. Ah, wow. I was like, yeah. I eventually I clued on. I'm like, man, I ain't ever going to be as big as them. Yeah. Um, we, we aren't even the same. We don't think the same. Yeah. We don't walk and talk and behave the same. We have different friends. And I'm like, I'm, I'm a, I've always been different to them. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just not going to deny that anymore. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to accept we're different. And that's what it is. Fuck. That's awesome, man. That's a powerful realization. Do, do you have a good relationship with your father now? I do now. I yeah. do now. Um, I, I guess I always did seek that love, um, but I guess unconsciously. Yeah. I never knew that that's what was going on. Um, and then I um, had a massive falling out with my father. Mm-hmm. And um, that's actually how I ended up on the Gold Coast. Wow. I had a massive falling out, and then I moved out from... Um, left Brisbane, moved down to Melbourne, and then I wanted to transfer from Brisbane down to the Gold Coast when I moved, came back from Melbourne, and I've been on the Gold Coast since 2009. Wow, um, and you met your wife on the Gold Coast? Yeah, uh, 2015. So if you didn't have that, so if you didn't have that falling out with your father, you wouldn't have met your wife, eh? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I didn't know I was moving here to stay here, but yeah. uh, I just thought it was a uh, surfy town. I thought this was just a surf town. I had no idea this, this was Sin City. No idea. Oh, I think you got to go yeah. a little bit further south to Byron, bro, if you want Surf City. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not even a surfer, but um, the gym that I worked at, it was uh, they had another gym down here. Yeah. So I just asked for a transfer, and they wow. transferred me over, and I just told my daughter's mother, I said, look, we're moving. So we moved, and I guess I just, yeah, this is that. I guess another aspect of my unconsciousness. I just had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's a beach. This is a city. It's a beach city. Clearly, clearly being let. I don't know. I sort of feel like there's always a, a divine path to though. Hey, like, how much of that was always going to be meant for you, or like, yeah. Clearly, look what's happened in your life, bro. Since that, since being down there, you know. I guess I moved down here at the time when there was, um, you know, bikey culture was really prevalent. Yeah. And then it's all, um, I guess, when I decided to make the changes in my life, it was right at the time that that stuff was shutting on down. Yeah. 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 So, wow. uh, yeah. And what about one of the lowest points in your life, Lino? Talk to me about some, one of the, like a real low point of your life and was suicide ever a factor for you? Yes and yes. Um, lowest points of my life. Um probably coming down to when you were asking before about emotion was uh, the sadness after the guilt and the shame mm. that came after the anger, you know? Um, and I guess I, um, um, oh, geez, multiple times. When I was a teenager, there was times where I felt like I, um, I wanted to take my life. There's times in my late teens felt that way as well and then in my 20s yeah i definitely felt times like that as well the probably most clear clearest moment was um one time uh before my 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 partner my previous relationship it um so we broke up and um it was a very toxic breakup and then in that same weekend i had my car taken off me um i was on the phone to my sister got pulled over, they impounded my car. I thought, don't worry about it. My mate come and pick me up. We went out all weekend. Then we went and we watched uh, another friend come pick me up. And we went to, on the Sunday, on the Sunday, we went to go watch Eric Thomas. Went to go see Eric Thomas speak for the first time. I bought the tickets a few weeks earlier. Was really excited. Lost my money. I lost my wallet. 
that afternoon. I'm like, it's all right. I've got clients in the morning. In the morning, I uh, woke up. My clients had cancelled. So oh. just before the weekend started, I cleaned out my apartment, cleaned out the fridge. So no food, no car, no girlfriend, uh, now no money. It's Monday morning now. I've had a big weekend and there's no money there and my house is empty. No partner there. I'm just there by myself. And the curtain is flapping and I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm looking at the curtain flap, flapping and I just thought to myself, it could be so easy just to step off that ledge right now. Mm. And on the table bench, there was Eric Thomas's book and I looked at it and I thought, man, I'm going to have to get down on my knees and pray, aren't I? And I thought, oh, shit. So I went to go get down on my knees, and that literally took me two minutes to get from standing to kneeling. I was so resistant. Wow. I remember like it was yesterday. Cried my whole way down to my knees and got to my knees and prayed to God and told him that I'm sorry for hurting myself. And um, I sat on the couch after that, and I realized I had no credit on my phone either because I used to get prepaid. And my daughter's mother tried to contact me. I couldn't even call her back. So I didn't have no phone credit either. So I was stuck, stuck. Um, I sat on the couch, came to my senses, realized that there was, there, surely there's money in this house. So I went and I found like 45 bucks in change. I went and got some credit. I bought some food, left enough money to make sure in case I was stuck. Um, no one could get me to wherever my, the car pound was, um, but I had, a, I realized I had a push bike. So I jumped on my push bike, guessed where it was, found the, the thing, got my car, I gave me my car back on, on my passport. It wasn't even my license. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's ID. I gave me my car back and I drove off telling myself, I promised to stop hurting myself. I still Whoa. hurt myself a little bit, like in the sense of doing things that, didn't serve me but it was just continually failing forward i just failed and failed but i i was failing forward instead of backwards now wow bro did you go to did you end up going to the yeah yeah it It was great it was great he's awesome Um, eh? it was i went the first time with my friend with my best friend and then went the second time i took my daughter Mm, beautiful man yeah that's a powerful story bro it's just like but the end of that the, the essence of that is you you took control. You took responsibility. You said, "No, you know what? There's something that I can do about this. I got to." And you just got up and you did that, man. That's why I, I respect that. Thank you. That's powerful. What was the significant moment of awakening for you after this? Like, what was it? There was there like a real significant moment of awakening where you just go, "Fuck it," this, and you just went down another path. Um. Yeah. When I made the conscious decision to stop taking drugs. Wow. I was, uh, it was Christmas time, 2017. We got married that year. And um, there was probably in that, that year, there was my bucks. That was a wild night out. There was, um, there was another, there was a wedding. No, that was the year before. Um, there, was, there was two other times. That was, there was a, another bucks. Mm. And I just said to my mate, I said to him, Bro, what happened to one of our other friends? He said, bro, he, he's actually found God. I said, actually, bro, there's something that I need to tell you. And he um, said, what, you found God? I said, bro, I always, I've gone to church my whole life. I always believed in God. But when I go to church, I was going to Hillsong. We were going to Hillsong at the time. They keep on playing this conference. They played it so many times. Now I want to go. But I can't go there if I'm still taking drugs. Mm. So I've got to be honest with you, bro. This might be my last hurrah. And he goes, oh, all right, bro. Literally that that after that day, telling her, my friends stopped offering me. Wow. They stopped. They respected my decision, and then literally that end of that year, I was Christmas time. I was sort of uh, skeleton crew with my clients. Well, I was done training a few clients. I was out by the beach grounding and doing some morning meditation. Mm. Basically, I guess I like to layer things. So grounded by the beach, jumping in the ocean for that negative iron exchange. And, okay. Yeah, all the good stuff all together. And I just typed in, you can find anything on the internet. So when I was on YouTube, I just typed in, I remembered Tony Robbins had his, uh, you know, his morning prescribing routine. Yeah, yeah. Never done it before, typed it in. I'm like, I'll just follow it. 
And then we spoke about gratitude. Um, and I gave gratitude to my daughter and I gave gratitude to um, when I got married. I got, um, in all of these times, I remembered that it doesn't matter how scared I was of anything or I have been of anything. I've gritted my teeth and mm. in the face of fear, regardless, I'll just do it anyway, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then talked about, uh, Petrie talked about letting go of the things that no longer serve you. And in that moment, I realized I'm ready to let go of drugs. Fuck yeah. And I just told myself, enough's enough. I, and I just, from there, started telling my friends, I'm not doing this anymore. I want to go to Hillsong Conference next year. Mm. I want to do this NLP course at, at Easter. I want to go to this workshop with my wife. Okay. I can't do any of those things if I'm still hanging out with you guys. I love <laughs> you guys. I love you guys. Don't get me wrong. But I uh, I can't do this anymore. Not to yeah. mention, I married my wife to be with her. Yeah. And if she doesn't take drugs, and here I am still doing it. What kind of a dick am I? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, this this sure. marriage is not going to work out. So I made that decision and that literally changed everything. I did that LP course. I did the second one. I did... We went to a Hillsong conference. I did these other workshops and that whole year was like this massive year of growth and life has never been the same again. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it got to the 12 month mark and my saying, some of my friends that I told, and they go, awesome. More of a reason to celebrate. And I said, see, this is exactly why I can't hang out with you. Fuck man. That's interesting. eh? And you, and you ended up in you know, your three years. So you didn't end up going into it. You just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, those, unfortunately, you know, and I hope they're doing well. But those guys are actually in jail right now. In jail. Yeah, for like a long, long, long time. Really. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. I guess somehow divine intervention has allowed me to leave the party when I'm supposed to. Just uh, you know, on my, and I guess like when I sat, all those times I sat on the balcony when I just knew. This is coming to an end. I can't keep this up. Yeah. And I guess, you know, you've always got a friend who, who always gets sick or injured. Mm. Um, and I guess that was me. Like if anyone's going to suffer from something, I had a heart condition in 2007, uh, just like injuries. And, and I'm like, man, you know what? My father, he's been, I've become accustomed to him having a medication Tupperware container mm. since I was a kid. And I'm like, I'm looking into my future. Mm-hmm. He's about probably about 150 kilos. My dad um, suffers severely from gout. He's got a walker. He's been on crutches and a walker for years now. Uh, um, and I'm like, if I don't change my lifestyle, I'm going to end up walking the same path as my father. And I, and I love him, but I don't want that for myself. Mm-hmm. So I guess I, I've been able to just make the right decisions at the right time. Okay, man. That's powerful, bro. And what, so what about this friend group now that you've changed? Like, you know, some, some of your oldest friends have gone to jail now, but how else has it changed for you? Is it got, is it, is it changed for the better now? Are you still hanging out with your older friends? Um, I still have a core group of friends that I've, my oldest friend, we're still friends. Um, and very recently, some of them have actually come on our walks. Oh, um, one of my mates that is my first friend when I moved to the Gold Coast. He ended up going to jail and he recently got out and, and he came on our last walk. My oldest friend, he came on a, the, the men's walk before that with another friend who I've been friends with for, since I was 15. Um, so about 20 years, just over 20 years of friendship. My younger brothers have come on our walks. So mm. my friends and my family are starting to come into my space now and seeing what I'm doing. Um, but my my circle of friends have definitely changed in growth. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you go through a period where there was sort of no one around you at that point? Like, did you go through a period where it was just you and your wife or something? Like, or did you always have uh, like your brother, your siblings, and uh, always very tight with my siblings? But actually, that there, what you just spoke about, that's why I started men's medicine was because um, I couldn't. I had I was talking to a man at the gym, and while I was talking to him. He basically, uh, I could see he was still stuck in the past. Yeah. And I thought to myself, man, if only he knew how to get out of his own way, he'd be able to see how beautiful life really is. Yeah. And in that moment, I remembered another one of my friends who struggled with addiction. 
and he was a concreter. And he just, when he got to the weekend, he didn't want to go to the beach because it reminded him of being in the sun all day concreting. And I'm like, mm. man, only they knew how to get out of their own way. Let's mm. see how beautiful life is. I'm like, okay, I've got to do something. So a big motivator of creating men's, I, I, from there, the idea was to create a men's workshop to help men get out of their own way because I wanted to spend more time with my friends. Yeah. None of them would stop partying. Yeah. So I'm like, if, if they don't stop partying or if they don't hang out with me, I'm going to be the only one who's enjoying yeah. marriage, traveling, and they're just going to be still locked indoors. So I'm like, uh, that was a big motivator because I wanted to do more things with my friends. Yeah, man. That's powerful. And what, what, what healing modality was probably the most impactful for you? I mean, you said you did NLP, meditation. What, what was really important for you in your healing journey? Um, the two most powerful ones were uh, plant medicine and breath work. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess specifically, uh, initially mushrooms. Yeah. Mushrooms. And then um, also uh, wachuma as well. Wachuma. What's wachuma? It's cactus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. San Pedro. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, that's, I went, that's how I found that walk. By wow. myself um just uh six hours walking through the bush by myself mm-hmm. and um just and open your whole fucking it just opens your whole awareness up and how how yeah, was plant, so like, what did plant medicine do for you um i was especially because i said no there's no more drugs yeah and then when a friend had said to me invited me to to come to this mushroom ceremony i was like yeah i yeah not for me huh and then I thought about it and I was like, I know it's plant, it's a mushroom. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? If I say no to this, I, I feel like I'm saying no to an opportunity. Mm. Um, and I understand from what she's told me, they're not addictive. Yeah. So totally. I went, yeah. Almost was, the opposite. Uh, Almost the fucking yeah. opposite. Eh? You're yeah. like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. And I thought to myself, why would I ever bother wasting my time with drugs ever again? Yeah. Drugs have never given me this level of awareness uh-huh. and experience what I'm experiencing right now. And yeah, I, like I said, I'm coming up to three years this December cool, since bro. the last time I ever took drugs and I have no urge to. Um, and then um, I microdose with mushrooms uh, regularly as well. Nice. Just um, that with life cycle mushrooms. Yeah, sweet. Are you familiar with life cycle at all? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're so then, good. Um, what ones are you taking with Life Cycle? Um, this my 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 coffee mix basically is um, uh, before you speak coffee uh, sachet, yeah, and then um, like half a teaspoon of super shrooms, oh, which nice. is like a mixture of uh, lion's mane, cordyceps, cacao, turmeric. Yeah. yeah, so that adds to the flavor, and then I will uh, microdose psilocybin with it. Yeah, and then I'll uh, turkey's tail first underneath the tongue and then uh, lion's mane cordyceps chaga fuck that's potent and then I uh, enjoy you're gonna gonna turn into a walking fungus (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it's just uh, super productive basically what she was telling me she weaned herself off um, off meth addiction off addiction with LSD and, and mushrooms yeah I've heard that bro heaps and was just sharing about how it opens up the left and the side, right side of the brain. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm it's down. More that. creative, more open, more intuitive. Yeah, um, and then with the San Pedro, with the cactus, I was told that it was uh, a heart opener, and I guess like that and cacao is yeah. uh, is a heart opener. I'm like, tell me more about this this cactus. And um, she said that she would give me some. So she gave me some. She told me that it kicks in at about two hours, peaks for about four to five hours, out of your system by 12 hours. You probably want to be out in Mother Nature. It'll heighten your senses. Things will be greener. Um, sounds will be a lot more clearer. And you may not want to talk to anyone. So you might want to be by yourself. So I was looking for somewhere where I could be by myself safely. So I just went for a bushwalk. Wow, man. Yeah. Yeah. I resonate with that, bro. It's definitely been one of my, like you, those two you said, plant medicine and breathwork have been game yeah. changers and meditation. Yeah, breathwork uh, was at a workshop. My experience was there was, I felt my body 
melted to the floor and then and evap- well, evaporated into the sky and then uh, melted Shit. to the floor. Then I felt my body fill back up out again. I was longer, taller, bigger. Yeah. And then I saw my, I grew up with two mothers. So I saw my mom that passed away from cancer. And I'm like, yeah, don't know how that happened. And when I came out of that, that whole weekend, all the you know activities and exercise we did, that was the one that I came for. Mm. And when I experienced that, it just, um, I've been in love with breathwork ever since. It's yeah, a big bro. part of what we do. I've got a breathwork exp- uh, session on tonight with a bunch of ladies uh, via Zoom. Um, yeah, breathwork has been the game changer. Yeah, bro. That's wicked, man. What part of this conscious journey are you most grateful for, Lino? Um, that this doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Yeah. When I was when so I was personal training, it was like clients, clients, clients. Now I guess when you when it's coming from the heart, um, it just flows. Yeah. It just flows. This uh, I don't wake up in the morning dreading to do what I do. Fuck, so um, true. But I know when I did boot camp that I loved it. But there were towards the end, um, I owned a boot camp business for ten years. Um, I, I would be dreaming about boot camp. And it just, I just couldn't sleep before mm. my class. And it just, yeah. And I'm like, this isn't, I can't keep this up. But this, yeah, I can keep on walking. Yeah, I can bro. keep on walking. Um, I can keep on talking to people. Most of the, the problems that I'm dealing with uh, are people that are struggling from mm. either the family they came from or the family that they're in, relationship stuff, um, traumas, like, I understand that stuff. And I guess yeah. when I was a trainer, majority of the way that I helped people get results was talking to them about their life. Mm, you were pretty much doing it anyway, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't. That's why I went to the NLP course. I'm like, you know what? I don't think another fitness course is going to make me a better trainer or be able to help people better. Um, I think investing in my mindset is probably going to be a smarter investment. Because yeah. I don't... I'm, I'm just being a good human. I don't actually have a method to my madness on how I actually help people. If someone asked me, I couldn't tell you the tools that I used. Mm-hmm. I'm just being a good, caring human being. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I actually have structure and tools and mm. actual things that I, I know what I'm using now. Mm. Awesome, man. This is the last question. What What's one tip you would give your old self who's just starting this journey? You are much stronger than what you know. Mm. And you will be okay. Yeah. And yeah. you are doing okay. And that, um, oh, it's a bit emotional to think about. Um, mm. I remember through a toxic breakup uh, was the time I experienced depression. Mm. Um, in two weeks, I lost like eight kilos in two weeks. And it just, I couldn't leave my room. Felt like the walls were caving in. And it just, um, I was in this black pit vortex that was like sucking the life out of me and my best friend and my sister helped me out of it and I guess to talk to that version of myself and tell him like this is it's okay to what you're going through like this is happening for you it's not happening to you you know this will hmm. all serve you further down the track you know and to just hold Please. that whole have courage have bravery have strength yeah yeah mm. you don't have to and probably the most common thing I hear um, but at, at those times, I definitely felt like taking my life. I definitely did. Um, and that's something that I find a lot of men um, experience, that that's actually an option. Mm. Taking your life is one of the first options that comes into their mind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Now that's again, like, that's again is like, do you feel like that's because it's the easiest option that we can think of? Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I guess we're, we're very... You know, task orientated, you know, creatures, men, mm. uh, very task orientated. We need something tangible. Um, and a lot of the time we'll go for something extreme mm-hmm. so that it makes great impact in that everyone knows how much pain we're actually going through. Yeah. Um, and also you don't get judged when that happens. Uh, God rest his soul, a friend, a guy I know, he just took his life a couple of days ago. Um, and just, um, yeah, he 
being able to lean and really be vulnerable, people don't realize how much strength there is in vulnerability. So I never actually felt shameful in, in sharing anything that was coming up for me or whatever I was going through. But what I definitely found was I found it really hard to share with someone that would actually listen to me. Mm. And I felt really actually cared about me. So that um, that's probably what I would tell myself is that there are people that care for you, that you will work through this, that yeah. you don't need to take your life, mm. that this is happening for you. That um, and I guess I've I've just made I've made a life from my experience from this journey that I've been on. Um, <laughs> and I guess uh, uh, when we're working with people, we we like to know that the people that we're working with have skin in the game, yeah, but they can fathom, you know, what we're going through, um, as opposed to someone who theoretically, you know, knows the answers, but you just know they've never walked a day in your shoes. Yeah, totally, brother. I was only talking about this yesterday, actually, talking about have, have being uh, embodied by and also having the experience of knowing the path that you're guiding people on, on how to walk that path yourself. Yeah, You've been there, you know, you, you're not you're not talking shit. You're actually, you're walking the walk and talking the talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bro. Definitely. I love that, man. Well, it's, that's, that's the end of our interview, brother, and it's been an absolute pleasure. I've definitely resonated with a lot of your story, man. Very similar. And um, I appreciate your time, Lino. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. No worries, brother. And I'll, and I'll be putting Men's Medicine, your Instagram, on the show notes so anyone over on Queensland listening to this can connect with you, bro. Thank you, brother. Much All love, right. man. Much love. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode. I got love in my eyes, bro, I can't see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away Yeah, I put love into me I'm spreading that love, yo, don't you see Grab your cacao and drink it with me Cause wokeness is taking my old self away Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Bring love and just be Woke man Wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.